Welcome to In Times of Love and Hate, a new podcast series from Birkbeck Voices. In this episode, Jean-Marc Duvalet will be talking about communication, in particular the difficulties that arise in communicating love and hate in a second or foreign language. The episodes in this series are brought to you by academics from Birkbeck's MSc War and Humanitarianism, MA Public Histories, BA Human Geography, BA Archaeology and Geography, and BA Intercultural Communication and Language. So Jean-Marc, can you explain a little bit about why ideas of love and hate can be such a challenge to express in a second or foreign language? Well, um, I would like to almost ask you whether you have ever tried used foreign languages. Um, I lived in France for a little bit. I don't know that I met anyone there that I <laughs> loved or hated enough to try and communicate these ideas. Okay, so when we use a, a foreign language, we typically, the, the things we learn are things like uh, asking directions, you know, what, what's the way to the train station, or, 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 or at what time does the bus come, or I would like a beer, or, or all of that is rather factual and non-emotional. And those are the things that they teach you at school, so that's fine. However, once you start wanting to express emotions in that foreign language, it can become much harder, because you realize that you might know the words but there are so many things you don't know that in, in, in how to express them appropriately that you, 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 you might become very frustrated, really. I would say that it reminds me of an episode when I was uh, in Spain uh, doing um, camp for, for doctoral students and my, uh, j- just to improve my Spanish. And um, I was uh, falling in love with a girl from Madrid. And I realized that the words, I, I knew words about love, but in fact, I didn't know how, in what order to put them. And you realize that you have to be a bit subtle when you want to express your emotions. And, and I was thinking, damn, why, why did my Spanish teacher never teach me anything useful, like how, how to express feelings? Because you, you, you realize that just, you know, if you are falling in love in your and you can, you can use your native language, you know what to say in order not to be ridiculous. So you, you can't say, look, look at somebody and say, oh, I'm falling in love with you. You know, that, that just won't work. Pe- people will smile awkwardly and walk away because y- you're not normal. And I guess that even in a first language, some people have trouble expressing their emotions appropriately, that they can be too abrupt or... or, or or they can be too talkative, or, you know, chat-up lines are, are pretty hard, and just ask any teenage boy, I would say. Um, so how do you recognize a word, or, or how do you recognize that somebody is trying to chat you up? It's hard in your first language. It's even harder in a foreign language. How do you know whether somebody likes you or not, or is merely being polite? And how much emotion are you allowed to show? Because in some cultures, it's just not done to show emotion. You keep a straight face and, and, and you're not allowed to gesticulate and, and you can't raise your voice and, and, and you, you have to remain very much uh, in control. So there are such huge cultural differences that just translating the sentences that come in your head in your first language that translating them makes no sense or would have a completely different effect in the second language. And it's one of the things 
I found out about uh, the Japanese and the Chinese participants in uh, my research. And we had about 1,500 participants. And a lot of our uh, Chinese and Japanese said, oh, but we don't use words to express our emotions. We read the situation. We read the reactions of the interlocutor. And, and we don't have to use words. Only children use words to say how they feel. We, 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 we don't need words. And Westerners use too many words anyway. So that made me realize also just how hard it is then for people from these cultures to function in our Western society and think, you know, why are these people always saying, oh, lots of love and I love you and things that they, would, they wouldn't say in that way. And then how hard it is for us Westerners if we go to these countries and, and, and we use all our emotion words and we think, oh yeah, there is a Japanese equivalent to I love you, let me use this expression. And then you realize, hmm, th this is in fact not a considered uh, a, a appropriate. And that's just for love, but it can be the same in using um, swear words, which is another area of research of mine. Never seem to be quite as potent in the foreign language uh, as they are in your first language. And hence you might use them a little bit carelessly uh, by thinking that, oh, show, you know, are you impressed that I know swear words in your language? And then you use them and then people freeze because that's inappropriate. And you haven't yet registered that, no, you can't use this. Uh, or people could use this in this situation, but not you because you have a foreign accent. And if you have a foreign accent, there are things you're not allowed to do in our language. You're not allowed to criticize uh, the king or the queen. Uh, you're not allowed to poke fun at the prime minister because you're a foreigner. And you're not allowed to use, you know, uh, terrible swear words. And if you do use them, people will assume that, that you, you probably didn't mean it, that maybe, but they will still be offended. So you, cre you really create uh, problems for yourself. One of my colleagues at Birkbeck grew up speaking Spanish and English and she says that at home they mostly speak English but whenever her and her brother have an argument they always revert to Spanish because it conveys the passion more, mm -hmm. more aptly than English. Um, your kids grew up in a multilingual household as well. I'm not sure how many languages yeah. do you well, find I, I only had one daughter. Oh, fair <laughs> so, enough. So, so, so she, she couldn't argue uh, <laughs> with siblings. But it is true... It's also something uh, I found in my research that um, multicultural couples who communicate in both in the second language, when they get really emotional, might use swear words or, or, or emotion words in their first language, knowing that their partner doesn't know these words. But they still come out spontaneously, like they can't stop it. So that, that, that's uh, probably what happened. My sister's married to a Frenchman. I might have to ask her about that. Mm, you'll have to yeah. ask them. Um, and do you feel like beyond just sort of learning the language, there's anything that people can do to better be able to express these concepts? Is it just spending time in the country and learning more about the kind of cultural yeah. forms? Um, I, I think uh, you, these are things that you learn through socialization. It, it's true also in your first language. As a kid, kids learn swear words pretty early on in life. And they also, because they, they learn them in the playground, and then they see how teachers or adults react 
when these words are used, not necessarily by them, but by friends or colleagues or, or other, uh, other people around them. And they realize, ooh, this is a potent word. I need to be careful who I'm using this with. I can use it with my friends, but I should check that no adult is, is listening in. So it's through repo uh, repeated exposure to these words and sentences and stretches of discourse in context that, that you learn about their appropriate use. And it's exactly the same thing in a, in a foreign language. Also because um, this emotional language is typically not taught um, in the classroom. Do you think it can be taught? Well, some of it yes, some of it no. Taboo language is always off limits because teachers could get in trouble. There are safer topics to teach, talking about the weather or asking for directions. And, and, and I think it, 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 it would be good, in fact, to include more about expressing emotions uh, in, in a foreign language, because we uh, talking about emotions is a very typical daily topic of conversation. So you need to know that being asked by an American or British person how are you today, that in fact they are not interested in how you are really, that you're just expected to say, oh, I'm fine, thank you. In another culture, the same question could be a genuine question about your emotional state. So you, you need to know all these things in order to answer appropriately. And I think that if you cannot express your emotions appropriately, that it might have an effect on your mental well-being. And it's typically something that um, students during their study abroad um, experience, that suddenly they don't know how to express how they feel, and, and they can feel quite frustrated. And it typically takes uh, some time before they learn how to express their emotions appropriately uh, with their friends. And I think that Expressing the emotions appropriately is also important because how you feel and how you ask about other people's emotional state is something sensitive and potentially embarrassing. You don't want to embarrass yourself. You don't want to embarrass the other person by being impolite or, or too direct or rude, which is the reason that, you know, sometimes it's safer to talk about the weather with strangers, because then nobody will be offended, you know, and the vocabulary is quite simple. But, but if, if, if it's about deeply personal, important things, you really cannot make mistakes. You, you want to get it right. You want the other person to respect you as a sensible, uh, psychologically sane human being, not saying the wrong things. Pleasure.